A very good morning to you this Friday morning. Thank you for listening, for continuing to listen to Agidigbo 88.7 FM, reaching you live from our studios in Ibadan. I am Zainab Sani, and I welcome you to today's episode of National Discuss. National Discuss is the station's leading program where we discuss socio-political issues with stakeholders from various sectors in Nigeria. And today, we are taking a journey into the Nigeria's health sector to have a conversation with the head of the Department Surveillance and Epidemiology at the Nigeria Center for Disease Control, Mrs. Elsie Ilori. Mrs. Elsie Ilori is a public health expert with over 30 years' experience. She obtained a Master's and Bachelor's of Science degrees in Zoology from the Universities of Ilori and Lagos, respectively. Uh, over the course of her career, she has been part of several outbreak response activities adaptation and strengthening of the integrated disease surveillance and response system in Nigeria. A major achievement of Mrs. Ilori has been providing leadership in one of the priority diseases of public health importance in Nigeria, Lassa fever. She has led the establishment and management of the National Lassa Fever Technical Working Group. And in this role, she has co-hosted the first ever Lassa Fever International uh, conference. Mrs. Ilori is currently a fellow at the Executive Program for Global Health Leadership at London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. On today's episode of National Discuss, she joins me to have a conversation about Nigeria's public health concerns and also the role of the Nigeria Center for Disease Control in tackling these health concerns, especially the COVID-19 pandemic. The name is Zainab Sani and the program is National Discourse. Thank you so much, Mrs. Elsie Laurie, for joining us as a guest on National Discourse uh, on Agidigbo 88.7 FM. We say thank you so much, Ma, for joining us. Thank you, Zainab, for inviting me. All right. You are the head of the Department Surveillance and Epidemiology at the National Center for Disease Control. And I would like to start from that. I mean, beyond Lassa fever, COVID-19, and the Ebola disease, there doesn't seem to be much that people know about the NCDC. I would like you to let us in on the scope of what this agency stands for and the, um, their responsibilities or your responsibilities. Uh, thank you. Uh- Nigeria Center for Disease Control is a national public health institute. And I say public health institute as an institute that is responsible for public health events in Nigeria through uh, kind of leadership where we have uh, innovation mm-hmm. and our logo is actually to protect the health of Nigerians. And so what we do at NCDC is to coordinate responses. Mm. Uh, response activity, outbreak response, or monitor disease situation and prevent uh, outbreaks or any health event that might affect the health of um, the population. And so we do that through we do that through resource mobilization. Uh, we also carry out rest, rapid response supporting the states. And then we are also support the states in so many public health activities, including the laboratory, and the surveillance um, activities, disease surveillance activities, uh, risk communication activities. 
and, mm. and so is that all encompassing a, a public health um, a, a support our function is mostly to support the states to be able to implement all these uh, activities before we come to your response uh, to the COVID-19 pandemic, because I know that a lot of people are quite concerned or interested, how has the focus on COVID-19 affected other public health concerns like Lassa fever, yellow fever and cholera? Well, um, initially, when they, they had a first uh, case of COVID, yes, we had to set up an emergency operation center. Mm. Now, before then, we've been having other diseases outbreaks, like, like you mentioned, Lassa fever, having cholera, measles, and we've been responding to that. Now, when COVID came, and COVID has been a disease that we are not used to, it's a global uh, pandemic, and no, no one really knows about it, so we're all trying our best to be able to work around the response. But because we have already, we're already used to that structure of uh, responding to infectious diseases, and we have built capacity at the sub-national level. So we're able to at least ride on that and move into this response to COVID. Of course, uh, most other surveillance um, activities, disease response activities, were not stopped because of COVID, but we had to reduce the uh, our tempo with the response to those ones so that we could concentrate more on uh, the uh, COVID response. So. We were still trying as much as possible to respond to other diseases that were occurring within the in, in the country, and so we not neglect other diseases, quote, but uh, uh, most of our energy was on the COVID. Because Allow me to come in there because uh, you know there have been press or articles, reports over time by journalists like myself who have come out to say that uh, the focus on COVID-19 is leading to a neglect of other public health concerns. And a case in point was in December 2020 when 530 suspected yellow fever cases and 48 confirmed cases as well as 172 deaths of yellow fever was reported across five states in Nigeria. At the point in time, it spread to 13 states in the country with more than 3,000 suspected and 108 confirmed cases. And unlike COVID-19, where you have a death rate of about 1.5%, the case fatality for yellow fever was as high as 17% and even 22% in other cases. But it did not receive as much attention as COVID-19. Now, when you talk of attention, do not forget that uh, COVID-19 was something strange to you. And when you have, uh, you have usually is a normal human response that when something strange comes to you, you seem to put your attention on that strange uh, object than the one that you're used to. Now, yellow fever is something that we are used to and we have been recording cases and responding to it. Now, when we had those situations in the state, it was not as if we were not responding to the yellow fever outbreak as at that time. We were. And with our partner agency, the National Primary Health Care Development Agency, who is responsible for the vaccination of the community. Mm. And so we, we were working with the state. Now, the uh, outbreak actually was ongoing in the community. And what happened was most of them were scared to report. Because mm. number one, when, remember, most people were not going to the health facility. And so this was occurring within the community without being reported. And so by the time we got that report, of course, we sent out our teams to 
respond to it. So if we did not uh, say neglect and we, we were responding, but maybe like we'll say most of the journalists they were more interested in the covid 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 and did mm. not really go into this community to find out what was happening and then when it was so large and we got that news but we were still responding when we got the information and our team went out to the states and worked with the state team to manage the situation these numbers i just drilled out came to in december 2020 this is june what has changed when it comes to the yellow fever landscape in Nigeria? Yes, for the yellow fever uh, landscape, we are still monitoring because what we do is we uh, is, is preventable. Of course, the vaccination is the, the vaccine is there. So when people are vaccinated, they are protected. So that's one of the areas that we're concentrating on. And the, like I mentioned, the National Primary Healthcare Development Agency is responsible for the immunization, and so that's what they are doing. They are doing mop-up activities and having mass campaigns for yellow fever. So they have faced it in such a way that they have grouped some states that they will work on. I will really not want to go too into details in that because that's what they are doing. But we're working with them to make sure that that happens. And so there is a lot of sensitization within the communities when they want to go for the mass campaign. So that's ongoing. And then the, the, in terms of management, we have the uh, treatments, the clinicians that have been trained to be able to manage cases. And then sensitization within the communities. You know, yellow fever is through the mosquito bite. So once we have that, our environment is very key. Most of the diseases that we are recording mm-hmm. are related to our environment and so that's making sure that the environment is clean is very key so what we also do at the ncdc is working with the other stakeholders including the ministry of environment working with them to make sure that you know we have we pass the right messages across to the people to keep their environment clean of course personal hygiene is also very key and that also goes for other diseases so that's one area. So say what has really changed from December is not a big change because that is what we have been doing. So it's we're not now trying to do something that is um, above what we have been doing or way out of what we've been doing. We already have uh, plans for you know response and also making sure preventing this uh, disease, uh, yellow fever, Lassa fever. Uh, uh, especially the vaccine-preventable diseases. That is always an activity that's ongoing. Well, it's been about 15 to 16 months since Nigeria recorded its first case of COVID-19. How has uh, the responses changed? How has your response of the response of your agency, how has it changed over time, along with people's attitude yeah. to the pandemic? Yeah, thank you, Zena. There have been a lot of activities. There have been a lot of lessons learned uh, during the course of the response, and like we are all aware, we had the highest level of uh, response at the presidential level, and so that's uh, the presidential uh, task force were able to coordinate all the stakeholders to be, you know, in this response, and that included even non-health uh, sector. Now we have uh, about over a hundred labs, including private labs, that can test for uh, do molecular testing for COVID. That's a big one. We've been able to move on and uh, build some structures on ground. And what we're working on now is to make sure that we maintain those structures 
and not and use them not only for COVID but for also for other diseases. Uh, the other thing is that our treatment centers we've been able to you know have treatment centers for COVID in terms of the training of the health workers. We have uh, trained a lot of health workers, especially on uh, infection prevention and control measures, and that's one key area. We have trained over thirty something thousand. Uh, mm. health workers on that and so we've gained a lot and then uh, we're still learning we are not over it's not over yet we have seen countries that figures were very low and they were commending them and suddenly there was a surge talking about a surge about three days ago the world health organization regional director for africa Matt Shidiso Moeti raised concerns about a possible third wave of COVID-19 in Africa. What are the numbers in Nigeria saying? Yes, the numbers in Nigeria are quite low. We're encouraging states to do more of the testing. I know they are trying their best. We're testing more than what we did at the beginning. But we want people to adhere to all the non-pharmaceutical intervention that has been put in place. Because if we are relaxing and we are having this, uh, uh, we are uh, encouraging events that are called super spreaders, events that the possibility of that surge is there. And so we need people to take more responsibility. And that's what they're saying. Because other African countries that are recording surge now have relaxed and people feel, okay, because I have few numbers, it's not there again. Do not forget that we are also having people coming in from other countries. And so we are not off the woods until everyone is vaccinated or immunized and we know that there are no cases recorded in any of the countries again until every every country is safe we cannot say we are safe or we are off the woods so we also all everybody needs to take responsibility and that's what we are saying yes we are talking about taking responsibility and the government putting structures on ground but this brings me to two dimension of this one is the fact that over time people have seen those in government who should be uh leaders right who should be the ones we look up to in responses to situations like this old events that violates COVID 19 protocols and perhaps it's the reason they feel that like it's not exactly something so serious yeah there's one thing i always see and i tell people if you see some other people that are out there and exposing themselves unnecessarily and taking unnecessary risks that does not mean i should also take the unnecessary risk myself i'll take the normal the proper precaution because i love myself and i want to protect myself and my loved ones and i think that is what everyone should look at think of yourself and your loved ones and whatever anyone wants to do they're free to do but look at the situation read properly and educate yourself on what should be done and take responsibility you've worked on public health uh, diseases over time and it feels like there was a difference in the response of the public to the ebola ebola disease and now the covid 19 for a very good case in point is how how seriously people take hand washing social distancing using the nose mask people it felt like people at the time of ebola we are willing to comply with all of this you know protocols but there seems to be that nonchalance at this time what has your experience on the field pointed out to be the cause of this the difference between ebola and uh, covid yes ebola was um uh, like was not totally a pandemic it was in the uh, um, west african region and but it was the public health of international concern and uh, that when it came in nigerians were really you know scared 
and at the initial stage and but ebola did not last long in nigeria within a few weeks we were able to overcome uh, the ebola uh, situation during ebola there was no lockdown and uh, we were not told to not to do some social activities but with covid yeah we were told to not go into crowded places is a global thing it's not only in nigeria that you have this kind of um, reaction to uh, covid so it's it's everywhere there were some presidents that never believed in it i don't know why i cannot explain for that there were some leaders that did not believe in it i cannot explain why but i don't know things were just evolving and the human nature just fell into that kind of um, you know feeling or whatever that this is it no it is not true so i can't really explain that uh, this is the main reason why people reacted. There are different reasons people could have reacted. Mm, so all those reasons came together to explain the public public attitude towards the pandemic. Yes, exactly. And then do not also forget that at the initial stage, we were all panicked. Everyone wanted to stop the spread, the transmission. We did not want this to come in. So there was lockdown. So mm. There were different reactions. There were different reasons. And everything just came together. And people reacted the way they would like we have but right now since we have changed that strategy and in, we've involved the religious leader before you, know. you go into that uh you mentioned how some leaders at the start of the pandemic contributed to some sort of doubts among the masses i, I would like you to talk a little about how misinformation and this information well, it's a global affected thing efforts to combat the pandemic and then also uh, your response the response of ncdc so far remember we're al- always having press briefing bring out information the right information giving them the right uh, the data and the proper information on what they're expected to do and also giving information on what is happening globally that was done frequently by the presidential steering committee. Like I mentioned earlier, we had meetings with the traditional leaders and the religious leaders for them to pass down the right messages. We also have a, a platform working with the UNICEF where they send out messages to the, the youths to pass out down the right messages. We also have uh, um, the service providers. They also were part of this. So I, I think that was one of the things that the Ministry of Information was very key to this because that's their main uh, uh, work. And so they were very uh, key. They were the ones leading on dissemination of information to the population in terms of using the media platform to disseminate information. And then our health educators at the state level were there to disseminate information to the communities using the community volunteers that live within the community and then using the um, leaders also within the communities to pass down the right messages. Does Nigeria anticipate the possibility of a third wave of the pandemic? What strategies are being put in place to prevent this or to minimize the possibility? Uh, yeah, one of the uh, strategies we have used is trying to make sure that uh, we do not um, bring in the, the disease does not come in from outside and so that's what we have a protocol for travelers and those that are coming in they must um, bring come in with a, a negative test and then they must self-isolate for seven days and then test on the eighth day then some countries that have been uh, select 
using our data and the analysis, we have some countries that we have to we, we have um, stopped uh, people uh, uh, passengers coming in from those countries, and that's India, Brazil, and um, Turkey. We are monitoring the situations in those countries, and then we monitor frequently from other countries. And so those people coming from those countries, especially their citizens, will not be allowed to come in, but our own citizens will be allowed to come in, but they have mandatory uh, isolation. So we uh, quarantine. So we will quarantine them and make sure that they test negative before we can allow them in. And then they go in and do this uh, self-isolation. So do we, we have put in that for those, so trying as much as possible to make sure that we don't spread. Then the other part is, even within mm. the Ministry of Health, the, man, the case management, we're trying to build oxygen plants in strategic places in the state so that there will be access to oxygen because most of these, um, we have deaths recorded because of lack of oxygen. So they are doing that. The Ministry, Minister of Health is working so hard to make sure that is, you know, going on right now so that we are prepared in case there is a surge we will be able to manage it so that is going on right now so i was saying that um you've mentioned quite a lot that the end the nigeria center for disease control is doing to prevent a possible third wave but my question will be two things one the there were concerns about funding last year have those concerns been have you been able to go past that do we now have funding that is sufficient efficient and would enable the ncdc to efficiently and effectively respond to the pandemic and then also the protocols you are putting in place are nigerians adhering to them especially in this case international travelers i i, I don't think funds can be ever be sufficient to for you to carry out a lot of things that you have planned. So, but so far, the government has been very supportive and they have uh, released funds and uh, we've been able to do a lot more things that we would have done there where the COVID was not uh, there. Like I mentioned, we've been able to have a more laboratories, molecular laboratories that can test for COVID. So, and then in terms of, yes, um, we, we have um, also managed to put up the treatment centers and activities country for that. So I think, but for, for, like we say, it can never be enough. So we still are sourcing for funding to do a lot more things. Mm. You know? And at the subnational level, they have responsibilities and the federal government has supported the subnational to be able to do a lot more things. Yes, we have um, uh, guidelines that we have put together and then that has been widely distributed to all the travelers is on also on our website rules and regulations and they do that so once they are uh, such uh, persons are detected they have um, some measures that have been put in place to be able to you know correct those such persons and so they have been doing that recently we had to publish some names of people that did not um, refuse to self-isolate that came in from uh, inbound passengers we had to publish. Such persons, they are, if they are foreigners, their visas will be revoked. 
statement, they will be sent back. And if they are Nigerians, their uh, passports will be suspended. What would you say about what? the challenge that fake COVID-19 um, tests, results, and other related practices that are hindering or you know, making it harder for the agency to address COVID-19? Uh, now, that, now, one other thing I really want to bring out is that there are uh, other agencies that um, their functions, that have functions, Nigeria Center for Disease Control has is to make sure that we put the public health interventions in place. Mm. But we have, in terms of the, uh, 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 the making sure that th- those people do what they're expected to do, in terms of the, 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 the the, the, the force, the, the those that the, the, the security issues, we have agencies that are responsible for that, and so they take that responsibility. What the uh, presidential steering committee has put in place is that they have put down the rules and regulations and responsible for detecting such things. And once they are detected, their actions are taken in terms of um, enforcement. Mm-hmm. So those that are to enforce such laws are there you have the agencies that do those the enforcement agencies and they take charge of those uh, 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 enforcement functions two last questions before i let you go number one is the nigeria center for disease control uh, comfortable with how nigeria is maximizing the availability of the vaccine to prevent or in this case minimize the possibility of having the COVID-19 disease. We have a sister agency that is responsible for the vaccine um, part of the COVID. But the Nigerian government has um, is really trying as much as possible to get enough vaccine. We got the first batch of 4 million and then we are in our second phase of uh, vaccination for those that took their uh, second dose of vaccination for those that took the first uh, dose. And so and so by we expect that by uh, july we would have completed that but the federal government is working towards getting more vaccine to be able to cover a lot more persons and that is the one area that is very key to us right now and so we're encouraging those that have taken the first dose to please go and take the second dose so that they can be fully protected against the covid but that notwithstanding, we still encourage that people should still take the uh, non-pharmaceutical intervention. Hey, now as we round off this conversation, what can we expect from the NCDC in the next couple of months? Yes, in the, the next couple of months, what the NCDC is working on is supporting the state, because that's our main fu- function, to support the states to carry out these activities. And so we're supporting the states, training, carrying out a lot of training, and then doing a lot of uh, risk communication activities with the states, passing out the right messages to the states, um, strengthening the surveillance activities at the state level, and helping the states to be able to carry out a lot of um, surveillance activity. Then we are also making sure that the laboratories are well equipped to be able to test. We meet regularly with our state team to find out the areas that we can support. So that's uh, what we do regularly. and. and and then support them in the areas uh, of gap. We send out a lot of um, supplies uh, to states to support them in the COVID and the response. And so we are doing a lot of things with the states. We are so supporting the states to be able to carry out most of these activities. And I, I think the NCDC has um, been very, you know, we, 
worked so well with the states and our partners and stake, other stakeholders to be able to do this. The NCDC could not have done it alone, of course. So uh, all the other stakeholders are there. And the big one is the support from the uh, Presidential uh, Steering Committee that has taken over the coordination. It, it was one good thing that we were able to do with our response in Nigeria is coordination. Was well coordinated at the presidential level, and that was that is what has really helped us to be able to contain uh, diseases. Thank you so much, Mrs. Elsie Laurie, for being a guest on National Discourse. We hope to have you for future engagements and also other members of the Nigeria Center for Disease Control, especially the Chief Executive Officer, Dr. Chikwe Yekweazo. Thank you, Zeno, for having me. We have now come to the end of this week's episode of National Discourse. I trust that it was quite an eye-opening conversation for you about the role that Nigeria Center for Disease Control plays in keeping the country safe from public health concerns. Until we come your way again next week, stay locked on Agidigo 88.7 FM. The name is Zainab Sani.